Hey friends, welcome to this episode of the Waterworks podcast. I am here again with Missy Schoonover. Hello. Hooray, she's back. I'm back. We missed her the last episode. I was sad. And so you got me reading part of my book, which leads me to my first and only super exciting announcement. Fierce Grace has been launched. Woo! We are number one in new releases for Christian death and bereavement counseling, which is so funny to me. Oh my gosh. So like when I, I, I see it on Amazon and I laugh out loud because it's hysterical. Um, it's exciting. Yeah. Very exciting. Oh. But I do kind of laugh too. After you, after you told me that I had to go on and look. <laughs> it's a, it must be a small genre. Let's put it Oh, <laughs> no. It is not a small genre. There's like thousands of books written about the topic. It's because yours is just so awesome. Yes. So you can go online and get it um, off of Amazon, either Kindle or paperback. Um, just type in Fierce Grace, Karen Weiss, and it pops up right after Fierce Grace Ram Das. So I'm in good company, apparently. Um, or if you would like a signed copy, you can go to our website at www.waterworks.org and up at the top, there are some choices, pick store, and then you will see that there's a buy now PayPal button. You can just click that button and put in your address and whatnot, and you will be sent a signed copy. So hooray. It's so exciting. I feel like such a proud mom. <laughs> <laughs> this has been um, a labor, sometimes of love, sometimes not of love. Um, but I'm glad that that I can say that I have done this and it's off. And now we're on to the next thing. <laughs> <laughs> There's always a next thing with Karen. There's always a the next There's thing. There's always a next thing. So all of that excitingness to be said... Um, this, this podcast is all about prayer and talking about where we have come from and where we have gone. And I'm pretty sure it's going to be a two-parter, so, um, so get ready for that. And yeah, it's, it's been a long 12 years for both of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we... We both had an encounter with Jesus in June of 2007 that rocked our worlds. <laughs> rocked it to its core. Yeah. Rocked it. But that's not to say that everyone has to have no. that type of an experience. It was just... Our personalities needed that. There, <laughs> there were other ways, I'm sure, that the Holy Spirit could have gotten my attention, but I was going to ignore it. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Rocked yeah. to so. rocked to its core. Yes. Yeah, so, so God knew what we needed. Sometimes it's a still, small, gentle, quiet voice, like mm -hmm. with Elijah or Moses. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes it's a two-by-four upside the head, which is generally at the, at the beginning of my, what I will call, radical transformation journey, I needed the two-by-four. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I needed something loud that would kind of stop me in my tracks to get me turned in a different direction mm -hmm. from the way that I wanted to go. Exactly. And and I always 
would say that I was getting hit with the two by four, but I had to be hit right between the eyes because I had those blinders on mm -hmm. so that I couldn't see any other path except for the path that I wanted mm -hmm. to go. So the Lord had to come at me head on and, uh, and do that. So yeah. Wow. Yeah. 2009. Mm. Yeah. Good times. Good times. 2007. Seven. Oh, that's right. It was yeah. 2007. <laughs> 2009 was something else. Yes. 2009 was something else. That's when I got laid off. Yes. Hooray. Hooray. That I can't is believe true. it's been 10 years for that too. So that's in the book. Yes. Read that's the book. A, yeah. That's a chapter in the book. Read the book. Um, so the irony of it all <laughs> is the event that Karen and I were attending where we were hit with said two by four that the, for the first time was a weekend dedicated to learning how to pray. Yeah. And we both at that time, especially thought, Oh, these are experts coming in. They're going to teach us exactly how to pray because we were in that phase of our being that's still there, but we've yeah. tempered it where, Oh, well, if there's an expert, we're going to go and they're going to teach us everything. And then we're going to do exactly what we want to do, but rationalize what they said to fit what we want to do. So I hope that gives you a glimpse into the irony that is, it was a Lord teach us to pray yeah. weekend. That was beautiful. It was a beautiful thing. That was very well summarized, by the way. <laughs> it's yeah. funny. Oh, it's hysterical. Yeah, so anyone so, who doesn't think that God has a sense of humor, oh, please, shut yeah, the door. He does. <laughs> yeah, you need to look at our lives and, and develop a sense of irony. Uh, but yeah, so we were, we were, and we were on the same committee team thing. And like, I'll never forget, like, I knew like three passages in scripture. And so I pulled one out. I was like, don't the disciples ask Jesus to teach them how to pray? And that was pretty much the tone of voice that you used, I remember, because I was like, yeah. Isn't there something about that? Good one, Karen. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I stopped the room, though. Yeah, like, people turned around and looked at us. Because there were people that we didn't know. Very well. Very well in yeah. the room. And, uh, yeah, you yeah. did. But, you did. but because of that comment, as snarky as it may have come across, uh, yes, there there is in fact a training that is called Lord Teach Us to Pray, and two of the people that were on that team knew how to bring them in, and uh, yeah, God was at work in mm, spite yeah. of me. In spite of <laughs> our many, many transgressions along the way, it was all very, uh, very important to our journey, because yeah. individuals from the ministry that were brought in uh, throughout several years mm -hmm. were so critical in our growth and our development mm -hmm. in our faith. Yeah. And uh, we're so gracious in our questions and our doubts and, um, mm -hmm. and it, and our it disbelief. all, and our disbelief. And it all started that weekend in June. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, there were some things that we were taught at that, like how to pray scripture, mm -hmm. which we didn't know was a thing. Um, we're like, what do you mean? Isn't it something that is at us, not back at God? No, it's actually like you can pray scripture and insert your name. And as you're led, you know, pray, pray over different things, people, situations, using scripture. 
And I remember being really troubled by that. Mm. I remember really struggling with why, why would we pray scripture? Like, cause mm. I was still looking at the Bible as this instruction manual mm. and I couldn't figure out, well, why would you do that? And so if you're hearing this and you're having those thoughts, and I'm sure no one in our audience is having those thoughts because they're all much more enlightened than we were at that time. But something that was shared with us is an easy way to start praying scripture is to start in the Psalms. And, um, and, that, was, and that was what I chose to do for praying scripture because, you know, it's hard to put your own name or someone mm. else's name that you're praying for into scripture it seems awkward at first yeah it does seem awkward but if you stop and think about it there's nothing more powerful than praying which i mean let's be real prayer is just a conversation mm -hmm. with our creator is speaking his words back mm -hmm. to him yeah and and we'll get into this later in the conversation um, potentially in part two but conversation doesn't have to be with words mm -hmm. um but it's it's conversation and relationship building um, is I think if we're going to really define what prayer is, it's a it's a way of of being in relationship with ourselves, with God, and potentially with others, depending on what kind of prayer we're doing, and and the world. So um, to pray scripture, it can be a very powerful thing. Um, just to just as that relationship building like oh this is what my god says about the world this is what my god says about me yeah. this is what my god says about others and it's like for me because i generally need formulas before like doing something myself i went out and bought a book <laughs> we both did <laughs> okay you did too yes we at that time um, we were fortunate in our town to have a, a really delightful christian bookstore yeah. And we both yes, bought and, several different books yeah. on prayer because, again, well, if we're going to do this, we need to know how to do it right. Yeah. <laughs> which and is be laughable. successful at and it. And be successful, <laughs> which is really laughable when you prayer think about is, it. Yeah. Success and rightness, has those are not even remotely on the matrices yeah. <laughs> for prayer. No. Like, if there was a rubric for prayer... It would not include success no. <laughs> or rightness. No, it would not because there is no, there is but, no right. So yeah, that was one of the things. And it's amazing even after all of this time, like as I meet with people and they're, you know, trying to explore how to best, how not best be in relationship with God, but best for them mm -hmm. um, to find out how they connect with God in a, in a deeper way and, and more meaningful way. I'll pull that book out sometimes and I'll be like, hey, how, this prayer came to mind for you. Does this resonate with you? And would you like a copy? You know, so I can then, you know, offer that to people. Um, and, and I think the thing about prayer, at least, well, for you and me, because we went through a very strong season of culling in the midst of these 12 years. The prayer that we do now, even if it might be the same as what we learned 12 years ago, is not the same. Agree. Um, so, yeah, when we first started out with praying scripture, it was like, oh, well, 
God's word doesn't return void. So we're going to use this as like a bludgeoning stick. <laughs> that's a beautiful visual for our <laughs> listeners because that's exactly what we did. Yeah. And it, yeah. The whole, well, and if you've listened to um, the two episodes from March of uh, this year, you know that Missy and I are, are somewhat control freaks. I think me more than she, um, but like for me, it was a means of controlling things mm-hmm. and having and having that false sense of security was comforting to me. Um, so when I use praying scripture, it was it more probably of a psychological crutch than it was anything else. Yeah. But look what I know how to do. Yeah, well, that too. Yeah. <laughs> and ego inflating all at the same time. It was all tied up with a bow. It was all tied up with a bow, and it was bright and obnoxious, and it screamed at people. <laughs> it did. <laughs> people were very afraid of us yeah. at that time, and and that didn't even resonate with us at that time. No, we had we're like, why are people running away running from us? us? <laughs> why, when we walk in the room, do they run? Yeah, like they must they must be intimidated by us. Yeah, no. Yeah, high five. <laughs> Yeah, we did high five. Like, look at how awesome we are. I really hope that our transparency and our vulnerability is giving people hope and encouragement if they find themselves even in the neighborhood of where we were. Because God is in the business of transformation. Yes. Perfect examples right here. Very much so. So there was, oh, the one that got me more than anything else in that weekend was saying what I heard in my head. Like attempting to listen to the Holy Spirit, that, oh, I, and it, what I didn't realize at the time, which I know now, is that it, it belied this deep, deep, like, core issue that I had of myself where I did not trust myself. Uh So, Uh whatever I thought, like, I, just second guessed it completely but they were like whatever comes into your head or your gut or heart however it comes to you say it out loud that was terrifying (laughs) because and i'm going to rat karen louise weiss out (laughs) right now and she's giggling because she knows what i'm going to share it was a pear share exercise it was a pear share exercise and Karen ran to someone else <laughs> to be her partner. Now, keep in mind, we're in a room of people that we really don't know real well because she, what do you do if you aren't comfortable with it? You know, most times people will want to go to someone they know, but we were the opposite. It was yeah. like, oh, I, I can't, even though, you know, my my friend knows kind of where I'm at, I don't want to out myself that much to her. Yeah. So Karen runs to someone else. And as the numbers worked out, this is, again, God's irony. I was the only person who did not have a partner for this, whatever comes into mm-hmm. your mind, speak it. Yeah. So the lady who was the leader mm-hmm. of the retreat said, come up front with me and be my partner. Do you remember that? I remember sending you to one of the women, like, oh, you need to go pray with her. Well, that's what Karen said to me as she ran to someone else. But I think she was just cutting bait and getting away from me. <laughs> no, she did. She said, you need to go no. out there and be with her. And I was like, no. 
And then she ran to somebody else. So I, then I had to go to the leader yeah, lady. I, and it, yeah, I ran because I didn't want to give you an option. Which was terrifying. Yeah. And yeah. here we are all these years later we're and, we're clo- and we're closer than, closer <laughs> than ever. And uh, she, she abandoned me. But it was all for the best. But it yeah. was painful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Praying whatever comes into your mind or writing it down. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're by yourself, writing down. Because, you know, the Lord will reveal things to you that you're saying to yourself, mm-hmm. about yourself, but also about God. Or about other people, too. Sometimes. And also about other people. Because, you know, how often have we heard people say, oh, I'll pray for you. And they do the pat, pat, pat on your hand. And then you watch them walk over to their next friend in the pew, and you know that they're telling mm-hmm. somebody. Yeah. You know, so you have to be you have to be aware that those types of things can can pop in um, can pop into things. But yeah. yes, yes, speaking out loud what's in your head mm-hmm. is you're right. That was a very big piece, and and at that point was when the walls really started mm-hmm. falling down for both of us. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. when the first solid hit, direct hit with the two by four mm-hmm. happened. Was that yeah. exercise? And yeah, it took me. Well, after that, it was funny because our our spiritual mother, like um, well, I guess it was after I came back from the conference. A couple months later. A couple months later, she she grabbed my hand and she was like, "I feel like you need to pray for this person." <laughs> Like she grabbed my hand and walked me over to her, and I was petrified. Absolutely. Absolutely petrified. Because I knew she expected me to pray out loud, and I didn't want to. Well, neither of us had ever done that before. Yeah. Because we would be listening to other people. Instead of praying along with the speaker, <laughs> we would be listening and analyzing the prayer. How nice it was. How nice it was, and how wonderful it was, and how I could never say those things. And how do they do that without thinking in advance what they're going to say? You know, all these, all mm-hmm. these judgments on ourself yeah. that the enemy was using to tell us that we couldn't pray. Yeah. And I but think we that weren't was, good enough. That was yeah. the underlying thing. I didn't think I could pray. Mm. And you know yeah. what? That's a lie. Yeah. So if any of you out there are thinking that you can't pray or you don't know how to pray, we would like to blow the air horn on that. Yes. <clears throat> That's a lie from the enemy because yeah. nothing, nothing makes... Satan happier than when God's people feel inadequate and mm-hmm. like they can't go to their dad. And yeah. that's that's something that we had to learn mm-hmm. over and over and over again. And are still learning and being reminded of that. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there was so there was the scripture, praying scripture. Mm-hmm. There was praying what you hear in your head out loud. What else was there that weekend? Um I remember this, and I, and it's so funny, you know, this is probably going to be a, a podcast that's much more therapeutic for me than maybe <laughs> for the listeners, because it's just, it's having me remember those days, and where I was, and who I, who I was. I mean, I'm still the same person, but oh, has he helped soften yeah. the edges. Um, we're very different. We're very different people, but I remember them giving us an exercise that we then used for probably a year or two at our weekly prayer meetings when we were having them, where you would go through the alphabet. Do you remember that? Oh, yes. And I remember being a little judgy, thinking, well, this sounds like something that I would be teaching in the Sunday school class that I'm teaching of kindergartners. I remember having that Mm -hmm. condescending, what? 
but it was a really great exercise and I still do it today. Mm -hmm. And it's very simple. You go through the alphabet and, and you just say, God, you are, and then you start with the letter A, almighty, amazing, mm -hmm. you know, B, you are beautiful. You are beyond my comprehension. Yeah. And you go all the way through. And it's funny because some of the letters, I'm really, I was like, okay, I got nothing for X. Yeah. You're, yeah. <laughs> you created the xylophone. Yes. I mean, you just, and, and, and it helps you laugh, but but it makes you stop and think about, you know, who, who God is. Yeah. What are those attributes? What are those things about him? And we're praising him for it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that was an eye opener to me because I kept thinking, Every prayer had to be me asking God to do something. Oh, mm -hmm. And when they said, God is not a short order cook yeah. that we just run to and say, hey, God, how about doing this? So mm -hmm. that was really, I remember snickering about it being like, oh, well, this is silly. But it's really mm -hmm. over time been one of the most impactful going through the alphabet, you know, God, you are, you are, or praying the names of God. Mm -hmm. That was another yeah. one. I forgot about the alphabet one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I taught youth group that, like, all kinds of different people mm -hmm. <laughs> I've taught that, too. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and it is a very distinct way of praising. And even, like, now it has a different tone or vibe to it. But even back then, I noticed if I would try and even get, like, halfway through the alphabet, my attitude would change. Absolutely. And that's the thing at least for me, that was so powerful. And one of the reasons that I do teach it to other people is because I could go into, you know, a prayer time and just be super cranky, not happy with what's happening in my life or, you know, little things that are kind of picking at me. And if I start praising God mm -hmm. for who he is, then that that's an amazing shift. And, and it is scriptural. It is you know, scriptural. Everything that we learned yeah. at this weekend and everything that this, um, that this ministry teaches, it's all 100% scriptural, yeah. which is very important to me because, you know, when you read through the Old Testament and the New, what types of things do you read? Mm -hmm. uh, pick, up, pick any psalm. Yeah. You know, and David, who wrote the majority of the psalms, he's telling God who he is and how wonderful he is mm -hmm. because of who he is. And that's what yeah. that A to Z Mm -hmm. is but I really encourage the listeners to do that sometime and don't beat yourself up if you can't get through the alphabet because yeah. I don't know that I've ever made it through yeah the no. entire alphabet because you just reach this place like Karen said where your whole your whole being has shifted mm -hmm. just in absolute I, I don't even know what the right word is because after you go through so many of the letters you're like oh my gosh Mm -hmm. this is the God that I have a personal relationship with. And you just become overwhelmed with yeah. gratitude and love. And, and I know that mm -hmm. sounds hokey, but guys, it's true. Yeah. If, if you are willing to, to try it a couple, you know, two, a lot of times, times. <laughs> you know, a lot of times and see how, and notice, like, even if you go into it, you know, with kind of a skeptical attitude, um, it's why I think that's one of the reasons it does actually alter the way that your brain works. So like if, 
you're familiar with the loving kindness meditation from Buddhism, um, may it's, you go through different people, but it's may this person be well, it, may this person be loved, may this person be full of joy, may this person be happy. Um, and you do it with all kinds of different mm -hmm. people from yourself, your loved ones, people you respect, your friends, and even your enemies. Um, and that has the same kind of shift along with like prayers of gratitude. You know, people keep gratitude journals for a reason. It, it works. <laughs> it works. It reprograms our brain because that, that very um, rudimentary part of our brain that is fear actioned, um, that is fight, flight, or freeze, mm -hmm. um, that's what first gets activated in us. Absolutely. And so if, and that's why bad things that happen stick so much longer than good things. And, but at the same time, if we're, if we're focused on the good things and even take time to remind ourselves for five minutes a day, it shifts the whole way that our brain is wired right. over time, which is amazing to me. Um, well, and it gives you that historical record that mm -hmm. you can go back to a season in your life where while you were walking it, you thought it was the worst thing mm -hmm. that could have ever happened. Mm -hmm. I remember the day that Karen had the rug pulled out from her at her engineering position, mm -hmm. and we did not see it coming. Mm -mm. I mean, it again. I get, was 95% billable. Get the book. I mean, <laughs> if you're even remotely familiar, familiar with billable hours, get yeah. the book. Because I thought she was joking when she called me. And told me I thought she was joking yeah I was like no seriously because we were that stunned but when you can go back into those journals and see the good that happens mm -hmm. through the pain and through mm -hmm. the darkness and through the struggle and I'm not saying that God makes us suffer that's not you'll never mm -hmm. hear me a proponent yeah. for well God made this bad thing happen to me no. bad things are happening because we live in a fallen world but he can take those experiences if we're if we are open mm -hmm. and allow him. So without those journals to go back and be able to see the struggle, but also to see those, these were the good mm -hmm. things. Yeah. You know, if God was faithful then, he's gonna be faithful now for mm -hmm. my struggle now. Yeah. Um, and I resisted journaling. Karen really resisted journaling for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, because I was I'll, I'll just be honest. I was embarrassed to write sometimes mm -hmm. what I was thinking and what I was feeling. Yeah. So please don't be that way. You know, put your journal in a safe place. Burn it. I burned a lot of pages. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. I, I burned you a lot. You used to have a chimenea. That I used specifically to burn my things. Um, I'm a little <laughs> bit of a pyro. <laughs> a little bit. Um, because I was still that insecure. Mm. But now, you know, if something happened to me and a complete stranger were to read my journals now, I'm okay with it. Because I'm willing to share my warts, but I'm also yeah. willing to say, my God loves me. Mm -hmm. In spite of yeah. all these. All of these personality quirks. And and that's a part of prayer. You know, when I came yeah. into, oh, I'm going to learn how to pray, I'll just be honest. I thought they were going to give us scripts mm -hmm. so that I could pray out loud and sound as good as the people that I thought really knew how to pray. Because I thought, well... Prayer is for everybody else to hear you 
and be like, oh, wow, listen to her or listen to him. What a great yeah. prayer. Because the only way that, well, the only way that we had seen prayer demonstrated to us was in the pastoral prayer during um, corporate worship. During corporate worship mm-hmm. And what happened like in our team meetings, which was, again, kind of corporate Mm-hmm. And, either a, and either a pastor was praying yeah. or someone who was very, in our opinion, yeah. very seasoned in the faith. And yeah. they knew, you know, we were, mm-hmm. we were in awe of them. Yeah. There was a, a large amount of appreciation yes. for, for their knowledge. And I guess, that the word status comes to mind, which is it makes us both cringe, yeah, but yet but that's yet, exactly what we yeah. saw because that's who we were then, yeah, that's who we were then. I wouldn't necessarily suggest that people look for no. people of status as their spiritual parents, no, but they those two felt a distinct connection to us as well, mm-hmm. um, and felt that they they were tasked with raising us in some way. God love them. God love them. If, <laughs> Let's if, have a moment of silence. Yes, just... First, for everyone out there who, who has ever had a spiritual parent, we're going to take a moment. Mm. So funny. Okay. <laughs> That's funny. All right, so there's our, there's our moment for spiritual parent. Yes. But, yeah, so, like, any... Yeah, there were so many different ways that we had. I remember being shocked that they were giving us so many different ways to pray. Yeah. Because I thought prayer was prayer was prayer. Yeah. And then I remember going to the bookstore the first time and being absolutely overwhelmed by all of the books on prayer. Yeah. And how different they were. Why are there 17 shelves on prayer? Yeah. I don't know what to make of this. That was my very (laughs) uneducated, clueless yeah. But then I felt like, well, I needed to at least know what they all were <laughs> and try them all on for size to see what type of prayer fit the best. Do you remember that season in my life? Yeah. You, and meanwhile, oh, I bounced thing. so much. Um, yes, I bounced a lot. It was ridiculous how many different types mm-hmm. of prayer I was trying because the one type of prayer that I was least comfortable with was the prayer that spiritually mature people were telling me Mm -hmm. that is a gifting for you. And I was like, it can't be a gifting for me because I don't like it. (laughs) I don't enjoy it. (laughs) I don't want to do it. I don't, I want another option. So I was going to, I was like a pig (laughs) looking for truffles. I was going to Nord around until I found the right one that was pretty and yeah. nice, and I just didn't get that. So, um, again, God's sense of humor. Mm-hmm. And then, so, like, I tried some stuff, but I was not, like, <laughs> <laughs> kind of like reading the Bible. Eh. Like, what I would call normal, in quote, types of prayer weren't my thing. Um Singing was a, a way of prayer for me. Um, but nobody really, 
nobody gave that option as like a primary way of praying. It was always like, oh, well, and there's this too. Like it was kind of less than in some way, or at yeah. least that's how I interpreted it at the time. Yeah, I did. That might not, I'm pretty sure that was not the, I don't think that's how it was communicated, but that is definitely how Karen heard it. Yeah. Um, definitely. So I felt like I had to to find some other way of praying that that was more acceptable, I guess, because, you know, uh, after all, I had to do the right thing. Yes, you did. But, so yeah, you bounced, you I bounced. I didn't, the only... I can say that since since starting spiritual direction in September of 2010, that has been my consistent means of prayer. And it happens once a month for an hour. Mm -hmm. And then I ponder what happens for the rest of the month. Yeah. Well, and that's another key point I think that you're bringing up is, you know, some people feel... I. I used to mentor um, moms of young children. And so often when we would be having a discussion about prayer, they were like, I don't even have time to wash my hair in a day when I have four children under the age of six, you know, just as an example. So sometimes we create these these unrealistic expectations Mm -hmm. in our own mind of what prayer, A, is supposed to be, how often you're supposed to do it, what it's supposed to look like, who hears you, mm-hmm. how much time we're supposed how much to spend time you spend. And I remember sharing with this, this one young mother who did, they had four children under the age of six. I cannot even imagine what her day was like at that time. That That's hard math right there. That's a lot of, that's a lot of diapers. That's a lot of snacks. I mean, that's just a whole, that's just a whole lot of everything. And I remember sharing with her something that our spiritual mom that we took a moment for told me, and I, you know, my son was younger at this Mm -hmm. time, but he wasn't little. He was already in school. She said, well, just if you're struggling and you feel like you want to be praying more, that's a good thing. Embrace that, celebrate that, be thankful for Mm -hmm. that. But if you cannot sit down for an hour in your day, which is what I thought I needed to do, like go be in my room for an hour with the Lord Try every time you hit a red light, Mm -hmm. you sit with that red light and you give that time to the Lord. And I started doing that. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't believe the difference that it made. Mm -hmm. So I shared that with that mom. I was like, every time you're at a red light, you know, well, won't my kids think I'm crazy? You don't have to speak it out loud. You can pray Silently. There are times for silent prayer. That might be one of them. You know, so so if you're thinking, oh, well, my schedule is already so full, you know, and then you beat yourself up because you're like, oh, so I'm telling the Lord that I can't fit him into my schedule. Bring him into the daily workings of your life because he's already there. Yeah. God is with us when we're doing the laundry. Mm-hmm. He's with us when we're washing the dishes. He's with us when we're in our workplace. He's with us when we're sitting at the red light. Mm-hmm. And just find that trigger, yeah, and start doing that. Now, as time has gone on and my life has changed, I do have more time that I can spend, but it's not something that I do every day. Mm-hmm. I don't go into a prayer room for two hours every day, but I find myself almost having like this constant dialogue mm-hmm. with the Lord, mm-hmm. and that's kind of where I am now. 
yeah. where I'm trying ever so hard to seek the Lord before Missy decides what's the right path to take. <laughs> and I fail every yeah. day. So my first prayer before I even get out of bed in the morning, when mm. I first open my eyes, I say, Lord, thank you for this day. And please, Lord, help me do better today because mm. I was a mess yesterday. No matter what my day was. That's my mm. prayer every every morning. So, you know, you don't have to get up and have coffee and sit in a quiet chair. Like before I even move a muscle to get out of my bed, mm. I say, Lord, thank you for this day. So I'm thanking him in mm-hmm. advance. And I'm also saying, man. Yeah, I'm a hot mess. I'm a hot mess. Help me do Again, better. Again, I need your help. <laughs> help me do better than I did yesterday. <laughs> like I'm not saying help me be the best, but just help yeah. me be better than I was yesterday. And that's a prayer. That is a prayer. And God likes honest prayers. Well, he already knows the truth. Yeah. So when we try to sugarcoat our prayers, yeah. why? Yeah, it's not worth it. He already knows everything. Yeah. So just be honest. And that was one of those things I think at first we we didn't embrace well. And then... That is an understatement. Yeah. <laughs> And then I went into my dark night and I embraced it with every ounce of my being. And I think I was like a black hole where I sucked other people's energy and then threw it back at God too. You did. <laughs> you you launched some you launched some grenades on behalf of me at times, I know. Yeah. And I gladly gave you the ammunition to do it. <laughs> so yes. I had one of those. When I think of how upset I was with God, and like I get the picture of you know those shoulder rocket launchers? Yes. <laughs> like the really big ones. The gigantic ones that you know you see, you know, and this is very stereotypical in movies, but you see like terrorists using. <laughs> they were very popular in the Indiana Jones. They were very movies. popular in mm-hmm. those. Yeah. So like I picture that with like a nuclear weapon. <laughs> attached to it like being shot at god mm-hmm. and and when a grenade hits, is entirely too weak well, yeah. of a munition for me and when it hits god it's like ping. yeah you know he's like oh was that a was was, was that a butterfly that just landed on me he, like catches it and mm-hmm. like then turns it into a like a gerbera daisy or something he's like thank you so, so much, much for this thank you my child i love you this is beautiful which makes well makes made me even the more frustrated <laughs> Shake your fist in the air. So I guess that brings us to there will be times where you have no desire to pray whatsoever. And you have to discern where that is coming from. And so having a spiritual mentor or father or mother or a spiritual direction person who can help you discern that is incredibly important. Because for like three years, Really, the only thing that I did was go to spiritual direction. Because I, anytime I tried to do anything else, it felt like there was no meaning attached to it whatsoever. And I just I kind of gave up for a while. But, but now we can look back and see that that was a season. Yes. And that there was, was a very, a very you were going to be unpacking a whole oh. lot of lies that you had believed about mm-hmm. yourself, about God, about the world. Yes. So 
now we can look back and see that that was God's hand mm. in protecting you. Yeah. So that you were with a safe person mm-hmm. to explore those things. Um, yeah. And that's, you know, I, I have to I have to give a plug for Karen. You know, if you're listening to this and you're not local to where she lives, mm-hmm. you know, she does offer direction through technology. Mm-hmm. And don't be afraid to try that with her. If you're thinking, wow, you know, I don't live near Karen, but what she's saying is making sense. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to use the technology the Lord yeah. has given this world. Yeah. To go further with her with that, because we have both been incredibly blessed to have people mm-hmm. help us. Yeah. And um, we need that. You know, mm-hmm. the, the scripture is so clear in fellowship and fellowship does not just mean sitting in a pew on a Sunday with people that yeah, you no. see what week after week. That fellowship goes so much deeper and so much more meaningful. And it can be ugly at times mm-hmm. because you don't want to share these things. But please, if, if not yeah. care and find someone. Mm-hmm. Um, that can yeah. help walk through this with you. Because often, especially like when I was in my dark night, there were times where I had no hope. And my spiritual director said very clearly to me, Karen, I, if you cannot find hope, I will hold it for you. If she has done nothing else for me, now granted, like every month we get together, it is launching rockets mm-hmm. um, in good ways and maybe some angry ways, but like things happen. But if that was all that she did for me and I like for some reason moved on or whatever it was, I will forever be grateful for her holding hope for me in a time where I could not do it for myself. Mm-hmm. And we could not do it for each other. We could not do it for each other because we were both in, we were such, both in such a an unfortunate it was but just, fortunate place. It was very it was very dark. And you know, and I've had people ask me that, like push back on me. Like, well, if you were seeking to go closer to the Lord, why are you saying it was so dark? Like there is no darkness in the Lord. I'm like, oh come on. Yeah. This it wasn't was... God making it. It was just so much layers. Yeah. The layers were blocking the light that was there. And I, the way that I have found helpful to describe a dark night, um, for those of you who have some charismatic leanings, mm-hmm. um, if you have ever rested in the spirit and you go out and God does work in you, um, that is what the dark night is like, where God shields us from the work that he's doing because of we were to know the rewiring and the removal and all of that that he was doing, we would probably self-destruct. Absolutely. Um, so some things have to be spiritually, surgically removed. Yeah. And that's, that's what the dark night was for me. And I can say as much as I didn't actually like think I was praying that whole time was prayer. The entire time was prayer mm-hmm. because I had given God permission to transform me. And so whether or not I felt like I was in relationship with God, God was doing stuff and the Holy Spirit was at work. And I, and that was part of what was so helpful with my spiritual director. She noticed how I was changing and she told me about it. 
and we didn't see like we saw each other once a month like right and right. even in between those like in between those times she noticed how i changed and what was going on and i mean we talk about oh it was painful da, da. you know the dark night when i went through it and my experience was very different from karen's it wasn't painful i was numb mm. i just felt so numb and from going from the mountaintop of feeling so alive and so in tune with yeah. the Lord to nothing was really, really difficult. But yeah. now I look back and I see, again, if I had been aware of all of the work that the Lord was doing in my heart mm -hmm. and in my attitude and in relationships that needed to be nurtured and relationships that needed to be ended, um, I would not have been able to get through that. I would have, yeah. I would have come apart at the seams mm -hmm. because it was just too much. Yeah. And so with, yeah, with all of this transformation and learning and, you know, I was in seminary and studying spiritual formation, which is like basically all about how to let God do whatever it is God wants to do through the, through the Holy spirit and whatnot. Um, yeah, it was, yeah, there's been a lot of learning. There's been a whole bunch of different things that have happened to our prayer lives. Mm -hmm. So where where are we at now? I guess, do you have a favorite way of praying? You know, I, I really don't have a favorite way of praying. I just have the way that I pray. Mm -hmm. Like, I think I've been... I've been doing my prayer life long enough now. I mean, I don't want to sound like, oh, well, once you reach a point, that's not what I'm saying. But I've just reached this place where I don't even sometimes realize that I'm praying when I'm praying because I do try to have this conscious, everyday, constant dialogue with the Lord. Mm -hmm. You know, I went through seasons where I didn't want to pray for myself because, oh, mm. well, who does that? That's selfish. Oh, I need to be praying for the poor pygmies in Africa, you know, which is funny because there have been times when I have felt called to pray for people that I do not Don't know, know yeah. have never been, and that's part of being an intercessor, uh, which I did not want to be, but yeah, it is who I am. We don't choose our spiritual gifts. We do not choose our gifts. Um, so now um, I was telling Karen before we started recording, I said, do you really want to interview me? Because I'm really in a King David season right now with my prayer life. You know, King David prayed boldly and he did not sugarcoat mm -hmm. anything. And he had at times in his life, he had it all going on. And at yeah. times in his life, he was hiding in a cave. Yeah. But he never lost touch with God who had called him and had anointed him to be the king. So when Saul's chasing him all over creation, yeah. trying to kill him, he was still praising Saul and he was still praising God for that. Mm -hmm. So I've really been in this season where I've been in the Psalms a lot. Mm -hmm. I've been in the Psalms a lot, um, just reading his words and, and looking at his prayers and saying, you know, have I gotten soft? in these mm -hmm. last couple of years with my prayers. Have I have I become too wishy-washy in my prayers? Mm -hmm. And the Lord really revealed to me, yes, be bold. Mm -hmm. Be bold in your prayers. Rem you know, reminding the Lord of what he has promised to do mm -hmm. is a good thing. Mm -hmm. 
So that's where I am now where, and I still have those days where I just can't shake it. Someone's name will come mm -hmm. to my mind or a face that I don't even know. And I just have to trust that that's the Lord placing that person so that I can take them before the throne of grace. God doesn't need us mm -hmm. to pray for others, but he wants us to. So I do pray for mm -hmm. others. I pray for my family. I pray for my friends. I pray for our country. I pray for our world. I pray for inanimate objects in some ways. It's Well, it's part of co-creating, I think, and co-laboring. And we were created in part to co-create. Yes. And so if... And to see the Lord in everything. Yeah. Like, everything that I see, if it's something that irritates me, I need to stop and check myself first and be like, wait a second. This is a part of God's creation. I may not like how this person is acting right now or whatever, but what what can I learn about my walk with the mm -hmm. Lord through how I'm feeling right now? Um, but I do still do the alphabet prayer. Mm -hmm. You know, I I do all of those simple things that we learned, but I, you know, I pray scripture. That's me praying the Psalms. Mm -hmm. But more so than anything, I listen more than I speak now. When mm -hmm. I am being intentional in my time with the Lord, I just, and, and sometimes I fall asleep, mm -hmm. many times I fall asleep, but I'm just listening, and sometimes I will have those things pop into my mind, and other times I don't, but I can say every time that I am intentional, I feel mm -hmm. rested when I come through the other side, whether it's mm -hmm. five minutes or 15, mm -hmm. and I know that that's God's, that's God's mm -hmm. work, that's God's yeah. work for me. So I really, I know that's, uh, we do this whole lead up on all these types of prayer, <laughs> the spoken prayers. And like Karen said, yes. part two will be the more nonverbal uh, yeah. part of a prayer life. But all that to say, I don't have a, here's the flashcard. Here's how you do this prayer. It's just really listening to the Lord's promptings and mm -hmm. trying to have that conversation with him. Yeah. One of the things that, that I did when I was, relearning how to hear God during the dark night. I had this um, this like workbook that I went through because of course I love a good workbook. Um, I disregard half of it, but I love a good workbook. So it was fascinating to me how Missy said earlier that I wasn't a good journaler, and it's very true. Like, I couldn't, I didn't write down anything. I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. I'll file that away in my brain. But, but that was early on. That's not now. No, not, not now. Although, this year has been not great for my journal. Last year was an assault on the journal. You were birthing a book. I was birthing a book and having all kinds of fascinating dreams that I needed to write down, of which I had an interesting one this morning. Um, that I didn't write down, but I've been pondering. So, um, where was I headed with this? I got distracted. Li oh, well, how to listen. How to okay. listen. How to listen. <laughs> how to listen. Then, so this, this book taught me how to, like, write down what I was hearing. And then if I wasn't sure who it was from, whether it was myself or God or something else, that I would then take it to a trusted person and say, hey, I'm trying to figure out God's voice to me. Where do you hear God in this? That was incredibly difficult 
to do. And I don't, I don't think I brought that to a person more than maybe once or twice. And that was probably my spiritual director. Yeah. I, um, mm -hmm. But because of the strong intuition that I have and that I even had through the dark night, I knew with my gut um, what was God and what wasn't. And it was, it was very kind of black and white, one side or the other to me. There were some things that were iffy. And if, if I felt like there was something that was in that more for me, then I did bring it to spirit direction. But yeah, writing, like, I, and even still, the one thing that I can say is that, like, for me, I have to sit still because that is so against my nature. Um, and so for me, just the act of sitting. So I, I do centering prayer, which is nonverbal. Um, and that's really the only nonverbal prayer that I do. But I will write my conversations with God in my journal, um, especially if I'm having a hard time hearing or there's something that I'm wrestling with. Like I will, I have conversations outlined in my journals and it will, there will be an M for me. Um, wisdom shows up. It, I generally don't talk to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is always there, but usually I picture Jesus in, in my head in some way. So, and then often there are other parts of me that I bring into the conversation. So me is generally like my mind. But then there's heart, there's body. I will ask them questions and I'll write it down because I have a hard time acknowledging my emotions. My any thought for today was, you know, you have a hard time identifying your needs, especially when they're emotional needs. <laughs> Take time to listen to yourself today. <laughs> I laughed out loud at that. I was like, oh, you're funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I'll do that tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I delete the email. Yeah. <laughs> That's for tomorrow. Yeah. But when I when I just want something resolved and it's not resolving, you know, I will kind of force myself to sit down and write out these conversations that I have with God because then I can bring them to direction or I can even go back and look at them a week later and not realize half the stuff I wrote down. Again, and that's the thing. Like I am I am generally a terrible journaler if we're talking about an action that you do like every day, but it like to, to write down my conversations that I even have with myself is fascinating. And that's where you start to see the trends over yes. time and you start to see those things. And, and one of the key things, cause I struggled with that too. Like, mm. well, well, is this me talking to myself yeah. or is this from the Lord? You know, and one of the things that I really had to learn um, and I say learn, not relearn, because I don't mm. think as a child I was ever taught this. I think I mm. just was a victim of, not a victim. I I never will say I'm a victim. I was a, it was I was the <laughs> result of, of I was a product of the circumstances of of just society in general, where, you know, there was a part of me that viewed the Lord, you know, that I viewed God as this disciplinarian, mm. upset with me, angry with me, and what I've learned over time, if I'm writing things that I'm hearing in my head. 
that are, you know, demeaning to mm-hmm. myself, telling me that I'm not good enough. I'm, you're bad. You're mm-hmm. bad at this. Why can't you be like, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, wait a second. That's not my God. Mm-hmm. My God is going to be life affirming. And yes, he will discipline me. Yeah. But it is never in a way that it's is going to tear critical. you down and be critical Ever. of you and tell you. Because if you stop and really think about it, the 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 God created me. Why mm. would he look at his creation that he made unique and there's no one else with my DNA? Mm. I mean, that blows my mind, the whole science of it all. But that's for another day. <laughs> but he created me to be me. Why would he then say to me, you're horrible. You're mm. terrible. Why can't you be like this? Because then he's saying that he made a mistake. And the word tells me that the that God has never made a mistake and he will never make a mistake. So it's counter yeah. It's 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 not scriptural, but those were the dialogues that I mm-hmm. would have and I still struggle with mm-hmm. in my mm-hmm. head. So the point of prayer is let God show me who he is. Mm-hmm. And help me Holy Spirit believe him. Yeah. And there's a whole bunch of belief that's wrapped up into that. So we're going to we're going to uh, cut this episode here. And then next time, I think we're going to talk about morning pages and more writing down our conversations and some different uh, nonverbal nonverbal ways prayers. of communing with God. And using our bodies to pray. Yes. That's all, exciting. <laughs> all kinds of different things <laughs> that we do now that we didn't do then um, or didn't or may have come back around to, we'll say. Or ways of prayer that others do that we've been in their circle that we're not called to do, but we have a great appreciation of. Yes. Things that we think are awesome. Yes. And yet. Not for me. Not for me. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so again, don't forget to check out Amazon or our website for the book Fierce Grace. And as Missy said earlier, Waterworks does have a couple spots open for spiritual direction, whether it's via Skype or Zoom or uh, in person or even over the phone. They still, you know, phones still work for their intended purpose now and again. (laughs) Believe it or not. Yeah. So we will be back at you in a couple weeks. And have an amazing and beautiful spring in May. And shalom. Yeah, shalom. Hesed and shalom. Grace and peace.